conversations from the front lines of marketing. This is B2B Growth. All right, fellas. So I was reflecting on my day yesterday. I was like, man, yesterday just felt really, really freaking good. What was it about yesterday that felt so good? And a lot of stuff happening. Jeremy you know, was, was in town from our team. So I'm jamming with him, got to hang out with Bill, got to see a bunch of people. But I had this call yesterday with this guy in the foster care space, CEO of this organization that helps churches kind of catalyze their congregation to help serve the local foster care system in their area. So getting involved with like fostering, but also just wrapping around families that foster, which is something I'm super passionate about. My wife and I are wraparound like help for a foster care family here in Orlando. And we just got certified to be foster parents. So something I've been super passionate about, started a media company about it. It was just wild to me how as passionate as I am about foster care and as many people as I've talked to about it, I'm talking to this guy and I felt like, oh, idiot. Cause he, he was like pointing me to all these freaking resources and like, oh yeah, you got to check out this care portal. Oh yeah. You got to check out, or check out what KFO is doing. Oh, you got to listen to this podcast. Oh, you got to do this thing. And it was just so refreshing to me that there are, here I was like all high and mighty and like I had my ego around like, oh, look, I, I know so much about this space. I started a media company about foster care. Talked to this guy and I just felt like a freaking idiot. Like I know nothing about foster care. <laughs> and so anyway, it made it a really good day because it was super energizing to hear somebody who's so passionate about uh, something that I'm so passionate about too. How fitting to start an episode with that, James, when you're like uh, so passionate about something and then you realize you're not actually probably fully in that echo chamber. And here we yeah. are on an echo chamber episode. Like, <laughs> right. talk to us about media brands, man. <laughs> like, like, we swim in those waters. We can talk to you about that stuff for days. But talk about foster care. And uh, I, you, you, you think you're an expert and you're probably still in the shallow end real good. You still got floaties on, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, let's dive back into the echo chamber that I really swim in. So Lavender hired Will Aiken. And this was an interesting uh, story to follow because we, Dan and I ha have been doing this media brand series with Tyler Lassard. And I don't know the, the timing of when this episode is going to come out versus when, you know, we're going to actually, we, we talk about it with Tyler on the media brand series at the end of the media brand series. But timing of it was crazy because we, we literally just finished an episode with him. And then I was scrolling on YouTube and I saw Will Aiken's face in a sales feed video, which is the media brand for, for Vidyard, Tyler's you know company that he's the VP of marketing of. And, and it's just said goodbye. And I was like, okay, this is one of those cheap, like, you know, he's just trying to get attention. He's saying goodbye for the weekend or, you know, whatever. But I watch it and sure enough, like he's leaving sales feed. And I was like, what? We were literally just talking to Tyler and he didn't say anything about it. And so I sent a text to you two. And for whatever reason, don't still don't have Tyler's cell phone number. So we waited till the next recording. We we're like, what the heck, man? Like, he was like, yeah, you know, we're, we're still reeling. But I think it's interesting to talk about here because, you know, they obviously Lavender hired Will at Todd Klauser a few weeks ago, then Jen Allen, and now Will Aiken. And there's been a whole lot of purple in the feed <laughs> since that happened. And I, I think it's interesting to talk about here. What, what do y'all's take on what, what Lavender's doing, gobbling up all these creators in the B2B space? I mean, it is further proof that creatives are becoming 
extremely, extremely valuable and at the forefront of the B2B, like the top B2B companies that people admire. You just see a lot of shifting roles. And maybe, I mean, beyond just lavender right now, I'm I'm just mindful of watching people that I admire over the last 12 months sort of jump into new companies or new roles. Devin Reed starting, Kaylee Edmondson going somewhere else, like going to Refine Labs. Some of those moves are just, they're interesting to watch and it's fun to get to see a creative like that go uh, and someone who has you know top of their game thought leadership wise go somewhere new and then get to recreate or start something different lavender though yeah i mean you might as well think that linkedin changed their color to to purple cuz my feet has been nonstop lavender and and to be honest i didn't know about them uh really until what james what what was that we did some was it a post yeah Someone said like B2B companies to watch. Yeah. And that's that's where I first heard of them. So I just started doing research. But now clearly, I mean, with Todd, then I'm then I was clearly my eyes were open. Yeah. I think Todd's the one that mentioned them. Okay. That makes sense. And at that point, he had already been talking to them about moving over there. Candidly, we were talking to Todd about hiring him at Sweetfish. And I remember I was in a I was in my hotel room in Phoenix recording some content with the Audience Plus guys with Anthony Canada. And I was in my hotel room and he's like, Hey man, can we chat? And he's he was like, Hey, I, I'm gonna go with lavender over sweet fish. And, and I was just like, uh, dagger to the heart. I mean, we were we were really excited <laughs> You're dead to, to us now <laughs> to, to bring to bring Todd into the fold. And it didn't work out. It's obviously, you know, he's obviously already crushing it at lavender and and still going to continue to be good friends with with him and who knows you know one day lavender will exit for a gajillion dollars in a few years and, and maybe one day he'll he'll come back and and uh, and hang out with us but his video too of introing will was oh awesome. my gosh coming was it coming the one coming down the the escalator, the escalator at the airport yeah <laughs> yeah that i mean the the creativity of you know you, you mentioned it earlier you know seeing these creatives but I think there's a distinction here between creative and creator and the difference being, you know, a creative is you know, very romantic about the craft. They're very good at the craft, whether it's design, whether it's writing, storytelling, video, uh, lots of creatives. And I think that the difference between what Will, Jen, Todd are, they're actually creators. And the difference between the two, in my opinion, is a creative's ability to build an audience. And so when I posted about this on LinkedIn, I was talking about how these companies are starting to hire these creators. You saw Airmeet do it with Nick Bennett. You saw Clary do it with Devin Reed. Now you're seeing Lavender go all in with it. And that is becoming the the thing, like the skill set to have in 2023 and beyond is the skill set to build an audience. That is what companies are valuing. And it makes sense. And there was a lot of comments in that post. Are is that skill set valuable because of the audience that the creator already has, or are they valuable because of the skill set itself? And I think the skill set to be able to build an audience from scratch is the lucrative skill set to have, you know, depending on what their audience was prior to coming over. In Lavender's case, Will Aiken already had a sales audience because he had spent the last year building sales feed. And even prior to that, was you know starting to become an influencer in the sales space himself. 
And then a lot of people asked about the difference between influencer and creator, which I don't, you know, to me, the word influencer is just kind of cringy. So I tend toward create, I I just like creator over influencer. That's just a personal preference. But anyway, what's y'all's take on this like creative versus creator thing? I mean, I just posted about it. People are arguing with me on LinkedIn because I'm with you. I think there's a massive difference between creative and creator, even content marketer and creator, right? And people are saying, well, the value of marketing, I'm like, oh, it's just easier to teach marketing than it is about being a creator. And honestly, after farther reflection, I think there's something about creators and there's this key skill set that's really, really hard to teach. And it's being able to discern a market. To be able to discern a market, it's the key skill set of entrepreneurialism, marketing, and being a creator. Being able to discern what people actually want and being able to deliver it to them. It's human psychology. It's really freaking hard. It's just hard. And it's like a, the, the creator is the entrepreneur of the media space yeah. in finding markets and being able to deliver it to them with their own content. And if you have that skill set, you pretty much, just yeah, like I, a serial entrepreneur knows how to find money in places nobody else was looking a creator knows how to find attention. Unpack what you mean a little bit by discern a market. Because to me, the value of a creator is it's human psychology. They understand human psychology and platform nuances like content marketers don't. Content marketers know marketing and they know funnels and they know conversion and they know like it's a valuable skill set. Marketing is a valuable skill set. But I think the value of the creator comes more in. I think that's what you're getting at, but I'm not sure. The more you talked about discerning a market, that we might be on different pages. It's not just a psychology thing. Yeah, those that helps. Let me say it in simpler terms. It's being able to find what a group of people likes and delivering it to them consistently. It's wicked hard to do. It's hard to do in the entrepreneur land. It's hard to do in marketing. It's hard to do on the media front where creators excel because they have to post and test things over and over to find which, which group of people like what. To even find out who am I actually sending stuff into? Like, yes, I'm posting to TikTok, but who's resonate? Who's it resonating with? How do I learn more about them? How do I then double down on what's working and can build something that's consistent over time? Hard. Do you think it's hard because because we're so self serving that we want we just want to deliver what we want them to like, which is typically our thing or something that serves our mission or our agenda. I think it's hard because it's hard to know what a group of people are all going to have a similar reaction to and which group of people is it? So you look at like, what is a market? A market is a group of people with common, common buying behaviors, or in this case, common viewing behaviors. If it's, if it's a media brand, but you don't, when you're just starting out, you don't even know which market you, you, you have a hypothesis of what you're trying to reach and who, who they are and what they want to see, but you don't know until you test it and prove that hypothesis. It's why it's so close to entrepreneurialism because entrepreneurs are trying to do it with what people buy. Creators are trying to do with what people actually pay attention to. And so just like the lean startup methodology, having a, having a hypothesis on what they're going to view and then testing it and then pivoting when it ultimately doesn't work and then you keep testing out different stuff. It's why when you go to all creators' early profile stuff, it's like hitting all over the place. Mr. Beast, all over the place. Until he started taking on these challenges and that started like hitting and he started doubling down. And he he's done like more challenges than you would ever care to even watch of him watching 10 hours of like a trending song back in the day. You're like, wow, he did a lot of these <laughs> because he was experimenting, refining, doubling down on what worked and trying to find the next thing. That's what creators do. They 
try things over and over again until they discover like, oh, this is the market and this is what they like. I like what you're saying. I think because I naturally, I love just the creative space and this, so I'm, I'm trying to get more into the nuance here a little bit where I think what I like about how we're defining this and we're referencing, I don't know that we set this up perfectly, but James, you made a post about this and the way that you define creative creator, you said creative is someone with a creative skill set. So that could be videography, graphic design, storytelling. And then your creator is someone who used, let's say that creative skill set. And then they're on top of that. So now it's not just a creative skill set. It's also that you have the opinions and the ideas that can build an audience. To me, the thing that's interesting about it is a lot of people are creative. To be a creator, you're one, you're thinking like, what am I bringing that's like new? So that could be, we talk about it in the form of IP. You're also, yes, Dan, you're refining. There's something to that, but it it creates this like momentum the more that you refine. And what creatives get caught in the trap of doing a lot of times is almost just shooting in the dark. What am I interested in right now or what? And, and then the refining process is just super complicated. How do I actually... And I will say this as someone who likes to think of myself as creative, I, I think the, the refining is the hardest part because you feel like you're saying or doing the same thing over and over and over again. And a lot of creatives get caught in a trap of going like, don't box me into that. So how you can think of yourself as continuing to find your space or like, you know, in a B2B space too, where it's very business, the creatives can feel that, that boxed in nature and just be like, oh man, this is, this does, this feels a little suffocating. So it's fun to see someone like a Will Aiken, like a Todd Klauser who are bringing interesting stuff, but they're also doing things like over and over again, and they're refining their process so that it resonates deeper with an audience. And so there's something to be said, uh, Dan, I'm glad you brought it to to refining it. That's that's probably the biggest thing that resonates with me right now when I think about this. It's if you're going to build an audience, you're constantly thinking about how your your message resonates. And that's yeah, you you could look at anybody like that. They they have a core theme. The people that you follow, you know what to expect from that person. And uh and that's what makes them a creator that that like people can refer to, or they can like, you can share somebody because you know what their, their main topics are. And then their audience grows because they know why they're following you. And that's, that's the difference a lot of times between creatives and creators. Drew Buckner, he's the VP of growth at Lasso. He had an interesting comment. He said, this is definitely going to be a trend talking about my post about companies hiring creators. Uh, He said, although you're missing something, these are B2B companies that are marketing to marketers that holds an entirely different value. I said, Clary doesn't sell to marketers. I was under the understanding they sell to like sales ops. He corrected me and Clary does sell to marketers apparently. And I don't think Lavender does either. I think it's going to become the new B2B marketing playbook because regardless of who your audience is, getting their attention is a prerequisite for getting their dollars and creators know how to get attention. And he said, you know, let me restate, this has entirely different value with horizontal solutions. It was a cordial kind of back and forth in the comments, but I think he's wrong here. I think it's easy to say, oh, it's because these companies sell to marketers that this whole like hiring creators thing works. It's stupid. Yeah, It's not true. Every industry has people that are influential, all of them. They might be in the form of trade journals that are medical, you know, medical trade journals, 
But guess what? There's people that are like, oh yeah, every time this name comes by my desk, I read them. And he tried to get into that detail. <laughs> he was talking about micro influencers versus, you know, and he, and he sees a difference between, and he even said, he was like, I get that I'm, I'm getting a little complicated here and it gets tough. You know, when you're trying to name this stuff, what's the difference between a creator and an influencer? And essentially what I'm, you know, what, what the essence of what we're talking about here is if you can become someone that knows how to capture the attention of markets, plural, like you as a marketer, you, you have a creative skill set and you're like, okay, I'm looking out into the future. I want to build a 20 year career in marketing, figure out how to get the attention first of the market of the company you're working for now, but through doing that, what can you learn about? Okay. My market is it professionals now, but there's going to be a lot of correlation between how you get attention in that space versus the next job you have three years from now where you're trying to get the attention of people in manufacturing or wherever your career path takes you, I think there's a, a lot of transferable skills. Todd Klauser built an audience of welders <laughs> and has parlayed building an audience of, I think he got like 300,000 subscribers to weld.com's YouTube channel, parlayed that into B2B marketing land where he was part of kind of the media machine at Refine Labs and is now taking that into Lavender where the market is sales professionals. And so marketing and sales, similar, but very different than welding. But the skill set is the same. And I think that's essentially what we're getting at here. Sorry, to me, the, this chief skill set is the discernment of knowing what's going to actually get attention. Like, let me give you a hypothetical situation. Let's say we have a SaaS healthcare company that sells to doctors and they need a social media strategy to get the attention of doctors. And let's just say for fun that doctors are paying attention to social media. I don't actually know where they're, I don't know the market. So, but let's just say it's some social sites. Would you rather have Will Aiken doing it, knowing that humor is probably not going to be the thing and uh, he probably doesn't have a lot of experience in health? And then it's either him or let's just say a senior social media manager at Southwest Airlines both of which have very little healthcare experience, but both, and, and Southwest is a big brand, you know, well, I guess until recently, <laughs> had some shade thrown at them, but you know, Southwest is a big brand. They're known on social to do social fairly well. Which one do you think is going to get more attention? My money's on freaking Will, especially since the grounds are level and they don't have experience in health. Will has the discernment of a creator. The social media manager from Southwest is as highly paid as they probably are, they don't have that same level of discernment of what's going to pop in that market. Will's going to figure it out faster. It's going to take a learning curve, but he's going to figure it out faster. Interesting take. Do we just want to close with me saying interesting take? <laughs> That's actually really good. I think I could go for that. When I said it, I was like, this could be the close. <laughs> now I think we need to include us laughing because... That is <laughs> <laughs> now we close. 